0: What up, everybody? Yeah, welcome, welcome. Letting everybody get in. I'll wait till our speakers get in, and then we'll get we'll get it kicked off at about four. Who is it? Ryan and who? Uh, should be Ryan's trading. Um, he did. I sent him a reminder. Um, I didn't get a confirmation, but for sure Stratton Stratton will be here. All right.
1: If you guys have any questions, you can raise your hand. And we'll try to bring you up to speak. Maybe ask something. It looks like that right there. See how it sits on my profile. So, hey,
0: hey, Kiana, do you, do you have that soundboard? Yeah, I see it. For some, yeah, I don't know if it's like if they only released it to some, but I don't, I don't, I don't have that option. I, don't, I only have that, that voice transformer.
2: What? Uh...
1: Yeah. Maybe your iPhone version or something. Yeah, uh, no,
0: I I talked West. to I talked to Christine about it and she's like, yeah, you know, she, she has it on whatever, uh, like she's like, just updating it. I was like. I, I'm on the latest iOS and I I double checked my my Twitter, but I was it was showing like it should have been available to all iOS, but I don't know if they only released it to certain ones, but I was like, I told her just keep dropping them. (laughs) I love it.
1: What's up Ann?
0: He's dripping here. Yeah, and James in here. Cad.
1: What up, James? You had some good trades today, man.
3: Yo, what's up, man? What's going on?
1: I'm good, man. I wish I would have saw that Disney flag. That was
3: Man, that clean. Burlington 2, that, uh, that ascending triangle was nice. Caught like a cool $3 move on that.
0: You know, I used to work at, at Burlington. We used to kill it. Hell
3: yeah, man.
0: That was like one of my first jobs, man. I How did it. you like it? Oh, I loved it. I, I had It was the coolest hookup I had. They got all the clothes. I'm
3: yeah, selling nice. <laughs>
0: it's like ch- trying to sell coats in California, though. It's like, <laughs> yeah. good luck.
3: Everybody's rocking sandals, like, uh, like Keanu over here.
1: Oh yeah, dude. Every day.
0: Well, <laughs> you saw, you saw Jordan. He he had the, uh, he's at the beach, <laughs> right after.
1: Oh yeah, he's right by there.
0: No, I'm just, like, he's laying out on the beach, and we're, we're in, like, November, and people are in, like, storms and stuff on the East Coast.
3: Oh, yeah, I saw that picture you guys posted. Dude, my my niece could never do that, dude. I would be done. As a matter of fact, I had to run this morning. It was, like, 30-something degrees, and I was already dying.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm going to fire off a, a quick reminder to um, to Stratton, because he, he did message me earlier just to confirm the time, but...
1: Uh, you guys set out FOMC today. It's really smart, kind of whipsaw. Um, Friday's probably going to be really slow. Um, in years past, it's been slow, but uh, we haven't had a red day this week that I'm. I don't think so. Um, it's kind of weird.
0: Let's
1: yeah, I out. think I I think with the half day too.
0: Obviously, the volume is going to be an issue, um, and for it being a half day, it's just not going to be a lot of volumes. So. <laughs>
4: What's up? What's up, fam?
0: Hey, Dre. What's good? How's much, that?
4: How's buddy. that?
0: How's that turkey, man? How are you, how are you preparing? You said you had to get yours ready. Yet.
4: Yeah, I think it's either gonna get smoked or fried. Do you,
0: either either process though. Are you brining it ahead of time? you yeah. already you already yeah. brined it. No, it'll it'll go in tonight. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah,
4: you only want about six hours on that. I mean, you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it too long. Yeah, six I mean, hours I- is fine. Absolutely. A little bit of salt and water in there, you can put some spices in, but
0: Yeah. Um now have you ever tried those uh the Popeyes ones? The Popeyes what? They had the uh, they had the Popeyes uh, Cajun turkeys. Oh really? No. Oh yeah. If they good? They're they're seasoned pretty well, yeah. It's pretty well. I like they're them. Awesome. I've had good experiences with them. I'll try it out. But yeah, now Stratton said he'll be hopping on. He, he'll be in a minute. But yeah, I think um, just kind of for, for those unfamiliar with this format, um, obviously you guys are familiar with the with the live trading. It's kind of like rapid fire because it's analysis. You know, as as the uh, market is is as open, um, this one's a little bit obviously more laid back because the market's not open. Uh, the focus on this is just. To to be more educational, Um, we bring a lot of the speakers on. We we reach out to them ahead of time. Uh, Some drop by, obviously that that regularly tune in and speak uh, on the on the live spaces. Obviously to to drop knowledge for free. That's kind of the whole thing. Um, They're going to be uh, questions in regards to the trading strategy. Uh, Obviously every every trader has their own strategy, their own setup, their their trading plan that they abide by. some of the topics going to be discussed can vary from like psychology. Uh, how do you, how do you handle the trade, like mental aspect, dealing with losses, um, scaling positions, etc. cetera. Um, I think one of the uh, other topics that always comes up is managing risk and, um, you know, scaling out positions. I know um, Ryan's trading was, was, uh, was also going to talk about uh, how he uses um uh actual uh stop losses versus mental stop losses. Uh that's another you know popular topic that always comes up. So these are kind of some of the things we're gonna be discussing. And then of course um you know if time permits we'll kind of open it up uh like similar to what we did in, in the other spaces. Just if people have questions, you know, like we'll we'll let you you know take the floor. We'll we'll take requests and we'll let you guys speak on. Uh, let us know what you're having issues with, maybe you know something uh that happened this week that didn't work out and then you know let us know like what what uh what you kind of wanted to talk about.
1: There he is.
0: Right on time.
5: Hey, what's up, fellas? How's it going? And ladies? Hey, Stratton. Sorry about that.
0: Oh, no worries, man. Yeah, no, I just was uh, kind of breaking down the format uh, similar uh, to what we discussed on these kind of spaces. It's just more of, you know, we talk about the uh, every trader's kind of trader strategy, their their setups they look for, on psychology um what they use to help them trade like whether you're looking at indexes if you're referencing sectors um yeah. you know a couple couple different aspects in regards to, to trading um and just kind of let them know that's kind of the format we will go to by speaker and then um you know i figured now that you hopped on let, just let us know break down what you want to discuss particularly and then uh, towards the end of the the spaces we'll kind of open it up like we did um and see if, you know, people had any questions, maybe they want to share something they're having issues with and we kind of respond from there.
5: Yeah, cool. That that works. Uh, do you want me to give you like an introduction uh, about?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and fire off kind of like m- maybe people who aren't familiar with um, how you trade kind of start, you know, hey, this is this is kind of the setup uh, you look for. What helps you uh, with your trade setups and, and how you plan for
5: trades? OK, yeah, cool. Uh, Appreciate it, Dodge. Appreciate it, Keanu uh, for hosting these. Um, first off, uh my name's uh Stratton. Everybody calls me Strat. Um, I trade live on Spaces with these guys every day. Um, market open to market close is where you can find me. Um, I also am a admin in a Discord called Moneyline. Um, that's our Discord room. Um, and we primarily focus on options and futures uh in the Discord. And so, I think my journey started in trading uh, much like other people did probably around the COVID era. Um I kind of dabbled in small caps and made a little bit of money. I uh, thought it was fun, and then when it started getting hard to make money in small caps, I started losing money, and uh, ultimately had to, you know, take a step back and reevaluate because I didn't want to lose everything that I had made from the small caps. So in the beginning, you know, I had found uh, discords like Atlas, like Sapphire, uh, with Ultra, with PJ Matlock, Zach Morris, all those guys, um, and uh, just kind of listened in and tried to learn as much as I could because I. I knew people were making money and I just wanted to figure out how to do it. Um, and so I remember when, you know, I, I dabbled, like my first dabble was into Ethereum. remember specifically, it was actually like this time in 2020. So like two years ago, specifically, I bought like a bunch of Ethereum at $400. And then I remember selling it that following April for like $4,000 a coin. Um, and I'll never forget that story because that was one of my, um, it, it helped me with a down payment on a house I was building um and so that's kind of where i got involved in that's when i knew i was like okay you can really make passive income doing this um and then ethereum was kind of my ticket and then so that that was kind of my story right that's kind of how i got started and then um i found some other discords and they started they were trading options and i noticed that like these small caps had options on them but i didn't know anything about them i didn't know what a call was i didn't know what a put was like i was a complete noob to options had no idea um But when I started with options, I got kind of addicted to it because I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like I'm sitting here for like days on on these small caps waiting for 20, 30 percent. And I can get that like very, very quickly with options. But I also realized that, you know, you can also get negative 20 and 30 percent very, very quickly on options, too. So I knew I had to figure out a way, you know, a a risk management style that suited me, um, because, again, it was all about for me capital preservation. And that's what it's always about. Um, How much money can I lose if I take this trade? What is my what is my loss, right? Like my max loss that I'm willing to take. And that's where you'll hear me preach a lot about risk to reward to make sure that it's worth it for me to take a trade and be in a trade because if it's not, I'll just sit out. I won't be in a trade. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of my little bit of my, my backstory. I'm 29. Um, I'm a, uh, I'm in school right now, uh, getting my MBA, um, from one of the top business schools. Um, I also lead a global finance team for a big software company in New York City. That's my uh, what I call my night job, and my day job is trading stocks. Um, I work remote, so it's very flexible, um, easy for me to do that. So that's a little bit about my background. Um, now I'll jump into my trading style just a little bit. Um, I've kind of found myself uh, all around. I, I am kind of like a, a jack of all trades, I guess, if you will. I, I trade a little bit of everything. I trade news. Um, news plays, those are a lot of fun, especially when like we're chopping in the indexes. Um, I'll trade news plays. I'll also play like big daily level plays. Um, and we've done that on spaces a few times. We've had a few plays that were big daily levels. Um, when we see a big daily level breakdown, we'll, we'll take a play. Um, or we see a big daily level breakout, we'll take a play. Um, so I think I'm, I'd say news play supply and demand. I'm a trend trader, a momentum trader. So if there's a name that's got a smooth trend down or up, I'm probably going to scalp it. Um, and I always tell people, you know, you'll see me say it on Twitter, too, like, you don't have to catch the whole move, you'll see all these fooers posting, you know, 5000% on a trend day. And like, well, that's awesome. And everybody loves to do that. Um, you only need to be in a very small portion of that, you know, trend in order to, to you know, really make some some serious life changing money. Um, so yeah, I think like, uh, Dodge, I don't know how, how much else you wanted me to go in detail with my trading style and how I like to trade. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. I think, I think one of the good things you brought up was the, the risk versus reward. Um, I know some, there's a lot of traders that, you know, like I, when I was kind of studying, uh, uh, day trading, I, that did come up a lot as far as like, do you, do you use like specific ratios when you do your, um, you know, finding, um, uh, positions to trade or like uh, as far as risk risk reward ratio is there something specific you look for when you're doing an intraday versus like a swing option swing trade trading option
5: yeah i think like for day trades i'm always looking for like a two to one ratio right like i i always want to make sure that like if i'm risking i can risk one dollar to make two dollars basically in simple terms that's what i'm always looking to do um and if it's not there it's, it's not there right and so like you won't ever see me take like calls after we just ripped on on let's say spy we ripped like you know uh three or four dollars up like i probably won't be taking calls because the move just happened and that's one thing you'll you'll also see me like harp on a lot is like um it's just not good risk to reward right the risk to reward in that is it favors you to you know grab puts for a pullback uh and then play the trend up so i think it was yesterday actually We uh, talking about risk to reward we were talking to zach about it while he was on spaces and we were all in calls, right? And everybody was making money. And he was like, "I haven't taken a single call yet. I've just absolutely, been
0: yeah, um, absolutely."
5: <laughs> and so, like the risk to reward, like there is, I was playing the trend. So what I was doing, and I had someone DM me yesterday and say, "How did, you know I got stopped out of my calls? How did you make money on calls?" He was buying calls after we broke out of all these flags, right? We'd be at the top of the flag. He would buy calls and. You know, they would they would come back down. He'd get stopped out. And basically I was buying his calls. Right. He'd he'd stop himself out. I was buying the calls and then we'd pull back up. Zach, on the other hand, was playing just the pullbacks into the trend. So once we popped, we'd pull back. He'd play that little scalp and then he'd, you know, then he'd sell and we'd we'd pop up again. He'd buy some puts. We'd pull back. Um, So it's all about trend. And you have to think about the the market as like an auction place and um, what favors you? Because at the end of the day, we're always looking to buy things that are undervalued um, and sell them when they're, you know, when they're overvalued basically, or when they have more value than what they, they had when you bought them. So when you think about calls and puts, for an example, like after we ripped $3, like someone's selling you their calls that they bought $3 ago. Right. And so that's what I always try and think of. It's like, do I really want to buy here? Or am I just buying someone's calls that just, you know, made a lot of money off these calls. And you probably are, if you're buying at the very top of a, of a trend like that so from a risk reward standpoint that's what i always look for is like what is my risk what is my reward and to, to piggyback off of that from a risk standpoint i'm always looking at like what what is my risk and what is my stop out level like if i buy if i buy at point a what is point b of my stop if that makes sense so if we break out on a daily level and we hit um a certain A certain target. I'll I'll always make sure that I have take profit targets and that I have stop targets. And if we close underneath a certain level, I'll stop out. Once we hit a certain level, then I'll you know obviously start taking profits on it.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think I think um, that's a great point because I I know like you have your targets and another obviously follow up question that we constantly get um, is the scaling question because people like hey how do I you know how do I maximize my trade but obviously some you know depending on account size right it's like if you if you if you're not able to to purchase more than one contract, you you kind of lose that ability to be able to scale it in and out of positions. Um, I guess as far as you know, when you are building your account, do you have any strategies or, or advice for people um, to how to, to to start to scale, like you know, to to build that that position to be able to scale at that point
5: yeah what i'll say about that is like you're never going to go broke by taking profits and i think a lot of people what they they when they get into options they get into this mindset and i again i said this before i think like there's this toxic mentality around fin to it and on twitter that like you got to hit 100 you got to hit 200 percent on these you know especially when you have a small account right like that's the only way i can grow my small account is if i hit 100 and if i do 200 percent and i have to full port every single play i take and like What I'd say to that is, like, take a step back because this whole game is all a game of longevity. Like, it's not a game where you're going to get rich overnight. And if you have a small account, um, even if you have a large account, like, you're not going to be a millionaire overnight in this game. It's just not how it works. You look at some of the most successful traders, they've been doing it for years, right? Like, they've been doing it longer than I have. Um, Someone like a PJ Matlock, someone like a Zach Morris, they've been doing it for a very long time. And the first thing I tell new traders is that, like, understand what you're getting into. And accept the fact that this isn't a sprint, right? It's a marathon. And the people who, the people who survive this game are the ones that have the perseverance and the, and the determination to live to see another day. And so when you have a small account, a lot of people have this you know, notion that like, I need to make a lot of money today, right? Instead of thinking of how can I protect what I have in my account today so I can trade tomorrow. And that's what I always try and tell people to think about when you have a small account, because um, I, I can't preach it enough that it's just, it's all about longevity and I want everyone that's listening to be able to trade tomorrow. I don't want you to make the mistake that all of these new traders make where they come in and there are some new traders that'll hit it, right? They'll come in and play a new, uh, um, an earnings play for their first trade and it'll go ballistic and they, and then they think they're invincible and that's just, it's not, it's not realistic. It's not how it works. And so for me with scaling, when I first started, what I like to do was i would go into a play and i don't you know it depends on how much i you know when you have a smaller account it's it's a little bit more challenging but like i always say like if you're confident enough to take a play once you back tested this is once you back tested a strategy once you have a trading guide that keanu talks about once you have an idea of what you're doing you know let's say you have a thousand dollar account um and you have a cash account what i might recommend doing is is breaking that up and you know playing contracts that are a little bit cheaper you know somewhere between say 30 to, to 50 cents um a piece so 30 bucks to 50 bucks per and if you break that thousand dollars into five different trades now you have two hundred dollars to, to basically trade with during that day and one thing you'll always hear me preach is that like when you enter a trade there should only be three outcomes that happen from that you should win big because options can go a lot you should win small because you have proper risk management and you should only lose small again because you have proper risk management um None None of those options are you should lose big because you never should lose big. You should always have a stop, you know, a stop in place because, you know, there's always another trade to be had. I mean, this week on Spaces um, and last every single day this week on Spaces, we've had a play that has gone over 100 percent. So 100%. easily. Yeah.
0: And they're like and it's not just one play in one space. It's like multiple plays that hit like that.
5: Exactly. I mean, we've had. Yeah, there's been multiple. It just hasn't been like one play a day that's gone 100 percent like. Everyone on Spaces is, you know, we're all trying to help people and and everyone has a good eye. Everyone. The the nice thing about this Spaces event is that like we have like, you know, 10 people on there and everyone has their eyes on something different. So if something starts running, we can grab it. And so what I'd say to new traders, too, if you're listening to Spaces, like if someone's in a play and it starts going, and I think Keanu talked about this, like don't chase it. Because if you're chasing it, you're probably buying contracts that he's that he's selling, that I'm selling, that Christine's selling, that Dodge is selling, Drip's selling. Because we've already made money off of it, like we bought it, you know, five minutes ago, and now it's up forty percent, and we're we're trimming, we're you know, we're scaling out, and you're gonna buy our, our uh, contracts when we're up forty percent, and you know, you're gonna try and expect to move up, and in reality, it it might probably pull you know pull back. So, um, just be patient, and, and there's always another trade to be had. So when we talk about scaling and risk management. What I like to do um, now is like, I will, and it depends, right? Like market, market sentiment is a little bit different. So depending on how the markets are recently, I've been scaling out a lot quicker because we've just been in this horrendous chop, you know, for the last two weeks. So I've been scaling a heavier size of my position earlier than what I would maybe, let's say, um, when the market was kind of trending um, a, a couple months ago when we had trend days where you could, you know, you could let a position, you know, you could let a a whole position go 25% and then maybe take 25% off and then let it go 50% and take 50% off. And I know some people use that strategy. um, But what I like to do is just once it goes, let's say 20 to 25%, my stop loss is immediately break even, right? I'm going to scale some there and my stop loss is break even. So at a minimum, it's a green trade. Um, Even if it comes back to my break even stop loss and I stop out, since i scaled some at 25% gain, i know i'm i'm guaranteed a winning trade. and like i said, it's all about longevity. i know it sucks to think about it, especially if you have a small account and let's say you you put $200 into a trade it goes 20%, you sell a couple so maybe you make, you know, what less than let's say let's just say less than 40 bucks, right? You're going to make less than 40 on that trade because you're scaling a few, you're not scaling everything. and then it comes down to break even. so let's say you make like 20 bucks. you know, that that's still a lot of money. that's 10%, right? Like if you make $20 on a on a um, $200 position, that's 10% on that trade. And keep in mind like wall street aims to return like six to 10% and your 401k or your 403b or your IRA, your retirement account, whatever it is, just the, you know, index funds, like they mutual funds, they all aim to return on average about six to 10% per year. And you just did that in one day on one play. So again, I think it's, it's a lot of psychology, but for scaling, for me, it's like, I always want to make sure I can lock in a trade because again, in the back of my mind, the thought process is how do I make sure that I'm ready to go tomorrow? And that's what I would challenge everyone to do. It's like, when you enter a trade, go ahead and predefine where your stop loss is, define where your take profit is. And once you hit your target, follow those rules and always think about, you know, setting yourself up for a a day tomorrow. Basically don't do anything today. That's going to limit what you can do tomorrow is what I would try and say new traders to do. It's very easy to get in this mindset of like, you know, And I said it earlier, like, you know, greed will destroy all of your dreams that you have. Trust me. I've been there. I've been a trader that has been greedy. That's that's watched a position that's up 50 percent go negative. Right. Like I've been there. I've had ones that go 100 percent and they go negative on me. So don't kick yourself. Don't get too far down yourself because everyone's done it. Like, you know, everyone has done it. It's part of the process. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. I lo- absolutely. I love the point, too, that you brought up about you know, obviously capital, capital pers- or preservation is, is the most important thing because, you know, everybody wants to have the big gains. You know, obviously, that's 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 what everybody's trying to trying to accomplish. But on the flip side, it's like you can't hit those big days if you're out of the game. Right. If you don't have any capital to be able to, to put towards some of those plays that set up, you know, that that maybe you you, you were waiting for. But now at that, at that time, at that point in time, you don't have the money anymore because you lost your buying power, you know, maybe taking a less you know, favorable trade um, or one that didn't have as, as high a risk reward that you were looking for. So that's kind of one of the things, you know, like if you want to continue and have longevity, like y- you can't blow your account. Exactly. it's like it's it those 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 plays that are account killers it's definitely you know hard to come back from those drawdowns uh, yeah. so, so minimizing those losses you know keeping the losses small obviously I, that was one of the points i really love that you brought up
5: yeah and one of the things i say too is like you're and for new traders like listening to this this is one point if you don't listen to anything i say please listen to this you're not going to make your your entire year or your entire account on one trade but you can blow your entire account on one trade like think about the optics of that right like you're not going to go into one trade. Let's say you full port into a trade, right? You full port. You have 1000 bucks, you go in with $1000 and it goes 100%, right? Okay, you doubled your account. That's great. But you're not going to become a millionaire by full porting your $1000, but what you can do is go into a trade and full port your $1000 and it go against you and now you're down 80%, you know, and you have 200 bucks left to trade with. So just keep that in the back of your mind one trade is not going to make you as a trader but one trade can break you as a trader if you don't size appropriately um and i I think that's that's probably one of the biggest things i would tell any new trader uh coming into it is is those things right there
0: absolutely and then um with that yeah actually i just also saw uh, ryan's trading just hopped on man thank you ryan for hopping on
6: hey everyone how you guys doing
0: Hey man, I know me, me and Keanu. Obviously, you were one of the one of the very first live trading spaces. You know, you hopped on with us, and we were really like, yeah. that. You, you basically like kicked it off, and we're like, man, we had such a good time. That's why you brought it back. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so,
6: yeah. So, um, pretty much, I think what he, what Stratton said was pretty um, accurate and stuff. And I usually have a lot of followers that look at like maybe small account sizing and stuff. So I think it's also good to go over like small account sizing and you know how people with small accounts. Can also try and be consistent and grow their accounts and stuff like that would really work out in the long term. So what I've what I do personally is when I'm, when I was back trading maybe like a year ago, I would do probably around like maybe max ten percent of my account on like if this was a small account obviously I wouldn't do ten percent if you had you know much bigger account can not risk more. Probably do like ten percent on like regular uh, regular plays and then I will probably do five percent on some scout plays. Scalp plays are much more faster to cut, much more faster to gain profit. So, you probably go lower size on that. And these are just some percentages that you can use to pretty much help yourself be consistent more often. And then I feel like when you're scaling, I always like to scale at around 15 20%. And then, you know, I'll probably put a stop loss at break even. That's usually what I do for any trades that I learn. Something like that. I always like having a break even stop loss, I think. You know, making sure your trade is green. It's always great to not have a losing trade after scaling at first. So definitely, I think stop loss break even. I think that for any account, you should always have a stop loss at break even, if it's a play that you know you have a regular sizing in, and you don't want to let it go red. And then, when it comes to like a really good trade, and you know you you keep you continue to scale and stuff, I always try and keep maybe like one to two runners. I think having a runner is always good. It you know it teaches you how to like stay in a trade when you know it's going well. You know everything's following. And I think once you continue to do this more often and you continue doing the same thing, it almost becomes like muscle memory for you. And that's what I think has happened to me. I think now, like, I'm so used to just having stop loss at break even, and I'm always so used to having, like, maybe one to two runners after getting, you know, 90, 100% scale. So I think just taking the time and being consistent with the same type of rules is what really gets you to grow a small account. And then for my regular account, this is like, you know, now it's 2022. Obviously, I've been training for much longer now. I try and just keep it under 5%, under 3%. And then, obviously, for lotto plays, if I do a lotto or something, I'll just try and use maybe the profits from the week or, like, the previous day. So if I really lose it all, it's not really, you know, big on me if I lose, like, what I made today in a lotto. It's just more fun and see if you can maybe double your money from the day previous or even the week. Because sometimes these lottos can go crazy, but obviously sometimes these lottos can go to 0%, which is why, you know, you put in less sizing. So you don't have to have a such a strict stop loss, but more of just you know lenient way for you to trade any lottos or fomc plays for example today yeah
0: no absolutely and then ryan yeah obviously you came you came in just after we kind of set up an introduction but yeah i guess um for those not familiar with you you want to kind of uh, give a an introduction for yourself i know you kind of hopped on but um, yeah, kind yeah. of let, let them know hey this is you know what what kind of style do you trade uh oh, for sure. like the, the setups you kind of look for because like um I'm, I'm sure we're going to have questions after, but I know yeah. I know you posted some of your threads before. But for maybe those aren't familiar, like what what kind of trading strategy do you usually um, uh, use in your trading plan? And um, and obviously uh, you're really you know you have a strong emphasis on risk management and and um, and that's one of the things you know you wanted to discuss you know in depth uh, when you when you chose to hop on. So I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, hey, just it's let all- me cut off. My, I have a tweet in the post or in in the spaces. Retweet it, and we'll give it away to somebody who retweets it who's in the space. So, sorry, Ryan, but go ahead, no, brother. Yeah.
6: yeah, so I basically focus on SPY, QQQ, and the, and I'll trade the XPX contracts. Um, going back on small accounts, I definitely recommend trading SPY contracts before getting to XPX. I just think XPX moves way faster, and it's easier to lose or make money. But I think with small accounts, I used to always trade SPY, and I would look at you know, the S&P 500 stocks. So I would definitely start with SPY before getting into XPX but currently I look at um, XPX contracts, I look at zero DTE I usually just day trade them. I usually try and scalp. Um, I don't really do swings at the moment. I will probably be doing swings again. I'm just waiting for the market to you know really find this trend you know we've always had we've had a lot of bear rallies, but you never know I'm not really too certain on swinging right now but so I will look at the five minute chart intraday on Spy. This is what I kind of look like as my strategy. I'm always watching the five-minute chart. Um, the indicators I use, I, you know, I use the VWAP. I think it's very important for VWAP, especially when you're scalping and you're looking for um, tests back to VWAP and stuff. And then I have the EMA 9 and 21 because I like the 9 and 21 when it crosses. It shows if it's bearish, shows if it's bullish, if it has a cross under, a crossover. I think it's good to know when it's in a trend day and you're intradating. So I'm looking at my chart right now. And yeah, I really do think the five-minute is probably the best one for my type of strategy. People use three minute. I would highly recommend the five minute. And really, what I'm looking for on SPY is, I'm looking for, you know, are we gonna have a trend day and are we gonna test back? I love playing pullbacks. I think this is where like the premiums get really cheap and it's a good way to get a good entry. So if you are wrong, it's not a big loss, but if you're right, you know, you can make a much higher percentage. It's kind of like the risk to ratio I'm looking at on my trades. So I do like seeing if we can get pullbacks, you know, when we're extended into like the 9 EMA or maybe even VWAP, And I look to either play the rejection or the bounce. That's most likely, that's most of the trades that I make and the strategy I use. And another strategy I do is when SPY gets close to its low of day, I kind of watch to see if we break the low of day like heavy. And I'll probably enter puts on a short. But if, you know, if we just break the low of day and we return back the next candle, that's when I try and go long because I think it's a fake reaction. And recently, we've seen a lot of lower day breaks, and then we just have a kind of like a U return up into like a high day. So it's, it's really more of just watching the candles on the five minute and just seeing how the EMAs and the VWAP, you know, how they're if they're moving back down with it or if they're like staying flat. And that's kind of how I, you know, customize my trades and organize during the day.
0: When you, um, when, you, when you look at the EMAs um, as far as like how you're charting uh, and you were talking about like low of day breaks, do you, do you uh, have pre-market after, after market extended hours on your charts? Uh, do, um, you, do you pay attention to the on, pre-market?
6: The, the pre-market levels, usually I use the pre-market high as a kind of resistance zone, but for pre-market lows, that's more of just me like where can I scale? I'm really just looking at the low of day, like on the intro day, like not in pre market. Got it. During just during during yeah. active, yeah, But there, I do sure. have I do have pre market hours on. I do think it's still good to see, you know, how the pre market went, especially when you have morning news. I'm sure you know Thursday there's always like 8:30 a.m. news, Eastern Time news and stuff. So it does yeah, have the re- a- the,
0: re- the yeah. reason why I bring that up is because I, you know, when I chart when I chart on my own, um, when I do compare 9 EMA, 20 21 EMA, and VWAP, it will vary if you have pre-market on versus aftermarket uh, versus during, you know, regular market hours, if extended. So that's one thing, you know, obviously to pay attention to, because sometimes, you know, someone will mention, Hey, I'm looking at, you know, potential VWAP here and they'll, you know, I'm looking at the exact same chart and I'm like, well, my VWAP's a little bit different. So I got to ask them like, Hey, are you running with extended? And so those are just kind of things, you know, to pay attention to like, keep it consistent.
6: (laughs) Yeah. So I keep the extended hours on, but, regarding like low of day I, i'll wait for the actual low of day break on during like market hours to determine if i want to make a trade shorter or you know just continue watching to see if we get a kind of recovery because usually on the five minute when i'm watching we we break low of day and this is like for days where we break low of day and then we just reverse right away we'll get like one other five minute candle that it'll be kind of like a doji and usually those dojis are good signs that we reverse so I def- that's definitely something i started to watch more is see if we get like a doji candle after a low of day break. And usually after that, I'll go long and we usually have a huge bullish engulfing candle right after going straight back to EMAs and VWAP. And then that's where we kind of chop for the rest of the day before maybe going higher on an eight- afternoon rally. That's kind of what I've been seeing this past couple of weeks and something I've been watching more and maybe adding to my strategy. Not completely yet, but definitely another type of trade that... Has been working recently and, see, and i can see if it works more consistently even into next year
0: nice man yeah and also uh, you did bring up as far as um when you're managing uh your risk on your positions when you when you set your stops are you are you um doing actual like uh stop losses or are you doing mental stops or how, how do you i guess what do you as far as your strategy dictates how do you set your your losses and you know you manage your, your risk when you're either in runners or your yeah a trade a trade go- goes against you right away for example
6: yeah so when a trade goes against me right away, because obviously you know that happens. No one's really perfect. I don't have a stop loss right away, but you know I do try and keep it within like the twenty to thirty percent. You know I'll probably stop max around thirty percent. Usually is kind of where I like like to cut. But you know I think the best way to do with stop losses when you know a trade goes right against you is to really see like a zone where you know that this this is like the last chance for it to re- recover or it might reject. I think having a price target just not too far away from where you enter, but a price target is a way for you, I think. Like pivot, sure like a pivot point, be, yeah, like yeah, pivot points. Like sure you were mentioning like VWAP, for example, like if,
0: if, you, if yeah. you were playing like a, a, a 9 EMA, 21 EMA, for example, you know, it crossed up, but it faked out and then reversed, like you would basically be looking, let's say a VWAP was underneath um, as a potential bounce spot is kind of like what you were you know, like referencing, yeah. right?
6: VWAP, I love using VWAP as a stop loss for when you know, we're on a trend day or we're on like a, a bear rally day. And you know I'm playing off the EMA rejection. So if it breaks, let's say where I'm in puts, it breaks the 90 EMA, and you know it's approaching the 21. And usually the 21 and VWAP are pretty close to each other when it's a, kind of a trend day. So that will kind of be where my stop is, because usually once you break the VWAP, you know you have a nice bullish engulfing candle into the, back into the highs. So that's where I think the best stop loss is good. And then same for a trend day, you know when I'm in calls, I like to see if we get a pullback and retest the 90 EMA. If it breaks the 90 EMA, then um, the 21 and VWAP are also approaching upwards, so they're kind of near each other. That's where I like to cut as well. Just make sure it doesn't break under, and if it does, then you know I'm out. It's usually around a 30 35% loss, which could be bad, but you know if you have the same type of scales and the same type of position sizing, it doesn't really make too much of a dent into your account on the day, and that's how you continue to stay consistent throughout the weeks and the months going forward. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. And then, um, yeah, you did mention uh, obviously if, if the play is going with you, do you set trailing stops, or you just you just set stops at break even and just kind of let it run?
6: Um, I I do I will do um just all break even and then I'll just cancel the order and I'll just add a limit. And then of course if it hits, then it's good. I'll put another break even stop. And then if it doesn't, I'll just cancel the limit order and I'll just go back to break even because I'm not really sure how to – I use Weeble. I don't really like the trailing stops. How to use it. Oh, gotcha. They they kind of feel you like at a wrong. They kind of feel you bad. So I just do, um, all break even. If it hits all break even, then you know I'm out. And if not, I'll put a limit order. And if it hits that, then I'll just continue adding a limit order. And if not, then I'll cancel and go back to break even.
0: Yeah, man. No, I I was gonna say like, if you want to post, um your you know one of your uh your your threads for your strategy for your xpx how you scalp um you could tag it to the to the spaces because i I did bring that up like i said for those that may not be familiar with um with your twitter account you know obviously i I recommend you guys follow the speakers uh ryan's trading he's he's awesome um he's definitely you know like really good at managing his risk you know with the scalps and and he's he's literally like sniper
6: at it (laughs) yeah it's like
0: i don't see you miss you know very often
6: yeah, I'll definitely link my little I have a little thread that it shows like my personal strategy on trading XPX and I have some images and some rules that are good to follow and I really do think it's good for definitely like small accounts trying to get started and trying to find a strategy that may work for them. I definitely think it's good to consider and try out. So I'll definitely link it into the thread for y'all to just take a look.
0: Yeah, And like he mentioned, like for the smaller accounts, you know, um, SPX um, and SPY, obviously they 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 move almost identical. It's just the volatility on the SPX contracts are a lot yeah. higher. Um, so if if you if you're if you're not comfortable trading SPX, you can go ahead and trade SPY. It'll just obviously be you know uh, the 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 smaller accounts will be a bit more beneficial for you because the the spreads are a lot tighter. Yeah. and the contracts are not as expensive. <laughs>
6: Also, yeah, I think that, you know, when you're practicing with a small kind, I think having multiple contracts, you know, so you can start practicing your scales and, you know, having break-even stop-loss. That's why I would recommend SPY so you can grab, you know, five to ten contracts rather than buying, you know, just like a $200 XPX contract. It might be more beneficial to buy like five 50-cent contracts for SPY. So you just have, so you have like an actual sizing to manage, which will help you along the way.
0: Yeah, no, that's one that's one thing Keanu always stresses too. He's like he's like if you can't buy more than two contracts, then either you know, you need to either pick a different um ticker to trade or you know, you may not be ready to to, to start buying multiple contracts yet. Yeah. Yeah, man, but no, I really appreciate you hopping on, man. It's like um uh, we you know we really appreciate the the risk management aspect. Cause yeah, that's one course. thing you know we always want to try and, and stress because because we, we we do still hop on the live spaces, man. You're always more than welcome to, to come through if you of have course. time.
6: Yeah, during I think during winter break I'll have plenty of time to just hop on and trade with y'all. It would be great.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just um, ping, ping me, uh, yeah, uh, Jordan. He's not in right now, but he uh, he usually hosts them. I, I, me and Keanu co-host them with him. Okay. And And uh, yeah, just ping us uh, if you if you want to hop in. We'll let you we'll let you hop in.
6: And it's what? Mm-hmm. It's every day at nine thirty, or? Yeah, they're basically every day uh six fifteen
0: uh, Pacific. So just yeah. fifteen minutes. Yeah, fifteen minutes before market open, and then okay. yeah,
6: they they literally
1: run like bell to bell, basically. So. It, yeah, it was supposed to be the first half hour, and then it was
6: first ninety minutes, and then then it was a marathon yeah so. yeah that's <laughs> no, good yeah i'll definitely join in for the morning i always trade in you know like first two hours so i'll definitely hop in one time probably maybe a week yeah winter break whenever. yeah i know you're busy you know you got your your uh your meets and so you got school to, the track yeah. right, so. no that's why I, yeah during winter break i'll be home and i'll be you know in my room have my like nice setup getting ready to trade so i'll definitely hop in one time a couple yeah. of times to you know say hi and trade with y'all it'll be good Good experience. Yeah, definitely,
0: definitely fun. Obviously, like we, you know, we we um, uh, have a lot of a lot of great uh, speakers in there. You know, a lot of them, um, you know, just drop knowledge all day, you know, with analysis. It's amazing. No,
6: yeah, it's perfect. Always
1: good to learn. Awesome. Um, really appreciate it. We have Ann here, Cadbane. Um, if Ann is free to speak, I know that she was in a few different discords. I used to see her in different spaces here and there. And um, she mentioned that she had been in a couple different discords, and picked ours, and it, I really appreciate that. You know, people come and go for sure. Um, what has the journey been like for you, Anne? Kind of what you see from other discords, and where you're at now in your trading.
7: Um. Yeah. So I was in a few other discords, but they were there was a lot more people. The setup was different. Um, I just feel like it's more personal in ours and it um, allows us to interact a lot more with each other and learn a lot more from each other. So uh, it, it just feels a little safer there to learn because I'm new to options. I've only been trading options for the couple of months I've been in um, our, your Discord. So um,
2: prior to that, I
7: traded small caps really for the last couple of years, but um, obviously options are completely different. Um, and I've had to spend a lot of time figuring that out as I've wrecked my account a couple times.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've all done that. Yeah. Um, I
0: was gonna say, it's part of part of this part of the, you know, the I, challenge.
1: I, I, a lot of times before work. And, um, if I see things at work, when I have a break, I'll, I'll hop in, but you know, I, I basically start work at 8 30 AM and that's totally fine with me because by then I should be done. Usually if I keep trading, um, I'll give it back. How, how's that juggling kind of work with you? I know you're a nurse.
7: Yeah, so I'm on the East Coast. So for me, I'm working, my working hours are 7.30 to 3.30. So I'm working pretty much the entire time market's open. So, and that's exactly what's happened. Um, I would get in and then get called into a case or something and not be able to get out. So um, that happened a couple of times. But, you know, like I told you in the beginning, I put a specific amount of money in my account um, and it was the amount of money I was willing to lose. And I chose to use my money to learn with, um, because it's easier for me to be accountable. Um, I don't really suggest that for everyone. Um, they should probably paper trade, but I'm just, wasn't a paper trader. Um, the biggest thing for me has been, I also, am a sports gambler, so I have to kind of keep myself in check.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's
0: but
7: cool. hour wise, it's just, it's harder to get in and out at work, but you can do it. Um, and I have a I number, I have up. a number
0: for you and I could, I could forward you after uh, I'll drop it. It's a, it's a gambling hotline. So I could go ahead and That's send sweet. that to you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we probably have it posted in our, in our, in our uh, mental, emotional channel. I'm sure.
7: Yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I'm finally on track a little bit with not wrecking it anymore, but um, it's, it, it's like something just clicks eventually and, and you get it.
1: Well, that's good. We have a couple people that, if they are green that weekend, options they'll you know bet it on their team or do different parlays that weekend. They kind of want to earn those bets. Um, right. I'm happy you, you seem to have found a home with us. That's really cool. I hope that the BB system and other uh, resources we have um, are a foundation for you to you know. Sometimes we deviate from it, and I know when I do, I don't profit. So hopefully, that's been good for you.
7: Yeah, the BB system's been awesome. Um, it actually. Once I started using it religiously and sizing down in my account, not trying to make – I think a big part of the problem is you try to make back what you lost, and um, that killed me every time. And I quit playing zero days unless it was going to be a fast move. So um, I think we can – at some point you can kind of anticipate those faster moves a little bit and get in and out. Um, So my biggest thing has just been not sitting in trades
0: yeah that's great. now you've been doing a great job. We've been seeing you obviously hopping into the spaces and when you you know you post the games there you've been absolutely killing it.
7: Thank you,
1: yeah. we had to let our trader of the week talk, so really appreciate it. Um, Thanks. no doubt once Ryan Garrity gets on his sports uh parlays here, I know he's a football guy, but if he starts getting the world Cup and stuff we'll all have to fomo into those. He's been hitting those so but we really appreciate you having you and your energy and having a nurse. I know I'm a teacher, but just people from different um, professions, all all trading. I think people are like, oh, they think we're all like rich or whatever. And um, it's you know doctors, nurses, and every day, auto- yeah, every day people. You know, we're just trying to, IT, trying to build. James, I know, uh, does it? Um, he delivers auto parts, and um, you know, just different walks of life. So, and we have a lot of nurses for some reason. So that's really cool. Yeah, Mila, Mila in here too, man. What's up, Garrity, or anybody else that wants to chime in? Zeke's here. Thank here you and for for sharing. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, thank you. Ann. Hey, what's up, Garrity?
8: How are we doing, fellas? We're good, man. How's your day today? Uh, good, good. Um, I wanted to be done before uh, FOMC um, and kind of put together my game plan this morning and posted about it and uh, – kind of played out the way that I, I thought it would. So um, I, I was happy with the, the trades that I, I, I made. I, I was happy that I, I closed losing trades, which is big for me because I'm a degenerate. Um, so when I was down, I, I stuck to my my rules that um, are – <laughs> that have hurt me in the past so um yeah that was uh that that was good um and ended up you know having a couple few uh like 180 percent play off of uh that one level and volume shelf um that i called out early on which was nice and then uh yeah everything just kind of worked out and um yeah I'll, I'll post some of my other plays for uh for the gambling gamblers out here i went uh went three for three today on on overs and unders so um Got that rolling too. And then Giants football tomorrow. Gonna shock the world. Let's go, baby.
0: Oh, yeah. You're going. You're you. So you picked the Cowboys to cover then.
8: You (laughs) got it.
0: non Giants money line. You said shock the world. So I I was thinking you're gonna go complete opposite of of being a homer.
8: No, we're we're shocking the world. Daniel Jones and Saquon tomorrow, baby. (laughs) Love
0: it. I need, I need as long as Darius Slayton eats, that's all that matters to me.
8: I think he's our only healthy wide receiver, so um, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you're good there. But uh, yeah, no, today was um, I, I mean, this whole week has been kind of strange. Uh, just from my experience, it's been a little almost choppy. Uh, and I I got caught up I think on Monday just in the chop of of holding contracts and and dying to Theta a little bit early on. Um, So that was something I definitely learned learned this week on um, just because of kind of the environment and the short week and um, everything and FOMC minutes and stuff like that. So uh, it, it was a good learning experience overall this week.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I think we brought that up on spaces too. Like because of the short week FOMC minutes, the the volume obviously historically is is usually low on these short weeks, um, with you know Thanksgiving and the, and I think that's kind of why, like the the moves have not you know transpired <laughs> as far as as some of the expected moves that we're hoping for. They they didn't move as fast, so we kind of just sit in a range for a while until something happens. But yeah, also I see uh, Darth is in here, man. Hey, Darth, what's going on? So How you guys doing? Good, man. How you guys yeah. doing?
9: Good. Yeah, I was gonna say it was a good day. I, it was a
0: good day today. Yeah, you had a good day. I know. I I I I was on one of uh, Stratton's. Um, he had a, uh, I, I forget what the the spaces was, the topics was, but I, I believe you were one of the key speakers on it. And I was like, man, I'm following this guy right away.
9: <laughs> I'm glad he started was, bringing
0: yeah. you on these spaces, man. The of spaces, I
9: really <laughs> love it. Appreciate it. Yeah, that—that yeah. that was probably our uh, trading psychology talk. That tends. Oh, to absolutely. Be, that yep. tends to be what people know me for. So, Penny, listen to it. Yeah, he had an
7: absolutely.
9: unreal episode. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was uh, that was the first podcast I, I had ever done, so it was uh, it was fun. It was fun. I like to I like to get into the details of the trading psychology and see if I can help people out here and there. We'll have to get Penny. We'll have to get Penny on here one day too.
0: I'm sure she would. She would definitely be open
9: yeah man, space. she's uh she's awesome she's actually been doing really well recently we talk sometimes still and like seeing her progress man like i root for her more than anyone i think she's she's the best
0: yeah she's a definitely you know we we had we had her she's a friend of the disco we send in invites obviously to, to all everybody here um you know to, to hop in so always want, have a great discussion with her we always support her yeah same yeah, as far as um, some of the topics that we kind of brought up in the beginning, um, you know, the the mental psychology aspect, dealing with loss and stuff. Um, do you have any advice for either newer traders or traders that may be struggling um, during this, you know, this this chop or, or maybe that maybe take a position uh, trying to play FOMC today?
9: Yeah, man. I mean, it's the same things that I'm always talking about in the discord and uh, just in general. Right. I think that A lot of people need to do a better job at um, really identifying who they are as a trader and why they trade and and what they do as a trader on a daily basis. So um, I hear, you know, people talking about their system a lot. And I think that sometimes they do maybe not necessarily the best job providing explanation between the difference between a system and an edge. Um, So obviously, like we all have our own ways of viewing the market and and taking market information and then turning that into execution. But that's, that's your system, right? Like I use five minute naked price action with supply and demand. And then I use the two minute system popularized by Casey, who's actually in here, who's the man. Um, And that's the 1348 200 EMA. So, you know, that's my system, right? That's how I, that's how I view the market every day, but that's not my edge. My edge that I have identified as, is my discipline um my patience my ability to stay calm under pressure my ability to manage my emotions and I think sometimes people do a poor job at differentiating between those ideas so I hear a lot of people that have a really profitable system or that follow a profitable system that another trader popularized for example and they say oh like it's not working right now but the truth is like I'm pretty sure Casey and I have been killing it for the past couple of weeks and like That's because we have a firm identity in in how we trade. And at least for me personally, that edge that provides me the ability to take advantage of my system um, is the stuff I do outside of the market too, fitness, being disciplined, holding a high standard for myself. Um, And I just see a lot of people struggling because they're trying to trade the market, right? They're trying to predict the market where like I don't wake up every day and try to trade the market. I just trade my edge. Um, I trade my system and then, having the discipline to, to execute effectively is kind of what ties that all together. And I don't know, I just think a lot of people wake up and try to make money every day and, and uh, they would be better off approaching it with a different perspective and they'd probably make a lot more money.
0: Yeah. Good point, man. Absolutely. As far as, as far as, um, uh, you know, you mentioned doing some of the things outside. Um, are there any resources you recommend maybe like, you know, books or, or people to follow for some of that um, as far as the, you know, the psychology aspect of it. Cause I know one of the, one of the books we, you know, we, we always recommend in our, in our room and we've mentioned on spaces before is trading in the zone it's, has helped a lot of people, um, deal, you know, with, with some of the emotion. And, um, uh, you know, I guess was, I was curious that if there are any other books you may suggest that, that have helped you, you know, for you to find your, your edge.
9: Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, you know, for me, like I I mean, I played basketball in college, like, I'm a competitor just with other things, and I think a lot of times people uh, focus maybe a little bit too much on trying to find the answer in trading, right? Like, they want to read Trading in the Zone, they want to read The Mental Game of Trading, but for me, like, the book Psycho-Cybernetics, which goes a lot into your thoughts being something that kind of create your reality. Um, Ooh, that's a... Do you mind, yeah, dropping the... uh... A link for that
0: and sci- psycho cybernetics you said
9: psycho cybernetics yeah and then uh breaking the habit breaking the habit of being yourself by dr joe dispenza um he has a lot of good clips on youtube too i mean the thesis in general uh, is just that you know people kind of act out the same things daily the same emotions the same habits um and then they wonder why they're at where they're at and uh, i think those things really helped me become the you know the trader that i am today because yeah i realized that it was a little bit deeper than just figuring out the market right it was really came down to figuring out myself eventually but yeah those books i mean just having a having good routines good habits um i'm really big into fitness i think pushing yourself mentally is important and uh, that stuff helps me trade every day for sure it makes the process of taking losses easier yeah man great points Love it, man, yeah, but
0: um the other, I was gonna kind of send it out if anybody had questions you know specific to some of the speakers, um you know, some of the things that have been brought up, um go ahead and send some requests i'll I'll pick a couple of speakers if you guys had anything, maybe you wanted um you know to ask a question, just let me know, kind of open it up a little bit unless anybody any of the speakers want to add anything
8: no i I was just gonna say going off of what Darth was saying on the psychological side of things. Um, and, and kind of sticking to your plan and your edge, you know, not trying to find the top or the bottom and, and just don't get caught up in the, I, I kind of call it the lotto effect, where you see on, you know, Instagram or Twitter or, you know, TikTok, where you see all these people doing thousand percent plays or, you know, even 150 percent plays. Like the one I caught today is not the rule, it's the exception. Um, and real successful traders, just need to be consistent so don't get caught up in feeling like you need to hold for a huge gain like five ten twenty percent wins add up like base hits um so just i I know i've gotten caught up in it before and it can blow up your account which it has for me so uh you know and i'm I, i consider myself a new trader so um yeah just no you're not alone don't don't try to get instagram likes
0: yeah i think i think that's a great point because sometimes people you know we always talk about it like and it does come up a lot like if you have time to take a picture of the percent and you know and you didn't lock it in and it ends up going against you it's like that those are kind of cues where you should have taken you know your your profit at that point (laughs) it's like unfortunately some people want want to screen you know capture that that percentage or or take a picture before they they close it out it's like they they just want that you know it's the um uh the to hype it up i guess you know that's the best way (laughs) but yeah i do see a couple of requests um uh we'll start with uh, let's see glenn here hey glenn Hey, Glenn, one, two, three. I see you want to win. Um, Did you have a a question, I guess, in regards to some of the the topics or or things brought up during these spaces?
2: Hey, what's up? So actually, um, I was I was listening for the last maybe half hour and I just had to say that I love spaces like this where especially there are options traders like talking about like what goes through their minds while they're trading and, and what really benefits them. Um, in, in being successful, you know, especially in trading options, because, you know, it can be so challenging, um, both uh, as far as like charts and, and flow and, and psychologically and all that stuff. And I actually wanted to share something that I've developed, um, you know, personally, like the other gentleman was saying a minute ago, um, it's all about you. It's how you approach it. And um, I found that early on with trading options, you know, a few years back, my Probably my biggest enemy was my own um, patience and willing to wait for setups, right? So I really wanted to shout that out and share it for anybody who's interested. You know, patience is a huge part of playing options, especially if you're um, literally day trading options or even if you're holding for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes when you get a great play. Um, It's all about patience for getting the setup. And for me personally, you know, today, Um, the setup took all day to happen because when we had that run this morning, it was like, you know, moving very nicely and going up very strong. And I'm talking about SPY specifically because that's mostly what I trade options on. And I kept saying to myself, but, you know, FOMC is coming. FOMC is coming. I don't know if they're going to dump it now or I don't know when they're going to dump it. So I actually didn't take a trade until after FOMC hit and when it hit it did its usual thing the up and down bounce and that's when i started trading so between the hours of 2 and 330 i managed to do three options trades in the right direction which were all puts waiting for the top playing the bottom playing the you know decrease in price and i managed to bank like over 5k in those three trades so for me that's like one of the most important things. And you know, charting is great. Everything else is great. You know, the knowledge is great. The psychology is great. But if you really, really don't know how to have patience um, in any way you like to play, whether it's calls or puts or both or straddles or whatever, um, I think I think it's a a much much more difficult game to be a winner at playing options. So I really wanted to share that, and um, really wanted to thank you guys for the space. You know, I wish I had known about it earlier. Um, but this is really fantastic, man. Loving, loving hearing you guys share. Um, so thanks for calling me up, man. I appreciate it.
5: Thanks for tuning into the space. We appreciate you.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Glenn. Yeah. We're, we're basically, you know, if you're familiar with the spaces, um, the live trainings every day, but we do host these educational ones just for these, you know, uh, discussions, you know, it's, it's a little hard to have these. We try to have these during the live trading days, but obviously when the market um, is slow, we have that opportunity, but if it's, if it's moving, we don't always have that, that chance, you know, to talk to the speakers and stuff, but yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, So I see, we also have another request, RDT. I'll open it up to you.
1: Yeah. He's just loading right now. Connecting. There we go.
10: Hey guys, you able to hear me?
5: Yeah, thanks for joining. Hey man, me. we can
10: hear you. Hey, thank you so much. I just wanted to uh, come quickly and uh, and thank. I think it was Wolf who alerted uh, SMCI, if I'm not mistaken, earlier in the week, and I made a really good trade. It's been a really great week and month for me. Uh, I w- just wanted to echo a couple of points. Uh, I'm I'm a fairly new trader. I've been trading for a few years, but I would say that you know my process is getting get better by the day, and uh, <clears throat> I've been with. few groups. I'm not trying to endorse any group here. Uh, All I want to say is stay consistent in your process. And like the gentleman who spoke before me, try to identify what your edge is. Like, you know, you might be a scalper. That might work great for you. You might be an intraday trader. You might be a a short-term swing trader. Try to find where you thrive and keep working on the process. And uh, with respect to books, I would say the one thing that really helped me was uh, Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas, I think. And he's got great YouTube videos as well. I'll share the links to uh, Kino uh, on the Discord or on Twitter Spaces. I mean, messages, please do have a look at those. Those are great. And finally, one thing that really upped my game this year was when I started paying more attention to supply-demand zones. And uh, I think somebody talked about game theory. Like, if you go, if you take trading aside and just simply look at, you know, game theory and how supply-demand works in, in areas other than stock trading and then... Take the lessons back onto trading. It'll be an immense game changer, in my opinion. That's all I have to say. Thank you so much, y'all. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you tuning in. So,
11: so did you have a question or no? All right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that was it, sir.
0: No, he's, he's right, just cool. joking. He's joking with me. All right. Hey, um, Kaylor. <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> see the full name. Ka- Kaler Karian. Hey, up?
8: how's it going, guys? Buff Smurf, what's up? yeah that yeah, was my most, is mirth fire, fire department so i just carried it through hey um i really appreciate you guys um i had a question on rate on your uh, risk reward ratios how you guys are figuring that out on the fly and then also um are you guys a lot of you trading zero day options or and if not how far out do you go a couple of days a week or what
6: Um,
9: I honestly feel like I can answer this. Um, I only took one setup today, which kind of hits the point that somebody else was talking about earlier about being patient. So, I had posted in pre-market in the room that we had a daily pivot level at four hundred two thirty-one on SPY, and we were trending up at the time, but we'd actually rejected it pretty hard with a top wick at like six fifty or something on a two-minute time frame. So, uh, my plan was just to wait for that level to break, and on a five-minute time frame for the first two and a half hours of the day, we didn't break that level. Um, and so my, my whole plan was that I can't be long here. And uh, in regards to risk, right? Like following my plan, following my system, following my edge, um, I don't define a reward before entering the trade 90% of the time. I personally, and other people can speak to this if, it, if it's something that they do, um, it might not be, but I just identify my risk when my edge is present and basically let the market take care of itself because, at least for me personally, right? I've back-tested the two to three setups that I take literally thousands of times. I mean, I think I have at least 10,000 hours of screen time now. So I expect my winning trades to be anywhere between 30-plus percent, and that's non-zero-day to expiry. So the reason I brought up that trade earlier is because those were with two, d- two days to expiry. Um, they hit like 120%. And I just don't think people really realize that when you do things like that, when you're not trading zero days to expiry, you're actually buying premium and like you still get pretty big moves, right? 100% is no joke for a net return on investment in any trade. Um, So when you buy premium and manage your risk, it allows you to really only risk, like I don't risk any more than 15% on any trade I ever take uh, outside of swings. When I'm scalping and day trading, I'm never risking more than 15%. But 90% 90% of the time, I'm trading one day to expiry or two days to expiry, and I'm trading at the money contracts where I'm actually buying premium. Um, and, and when that happens, right, like I don't really put a reward in the market because that trade went 120% today and maybe it went 300%. I have no way of knowing. Uh, I'm just looking for areas that I can personally enter with minimal risk relative to my system and then just let the the trade work itself out. But I recommend for newer traders, like every 20% moving stops up. Um, I also am not big on watching PL while I'm in the trade, but I just try to focus on the process of trading. But, uh, you know, when you just let the trade work in your favor, which is what a lot of people struggle with, and you focus more on limiting the downside, like to answer your question even more thoroughly, even when I sell my trades, I'm very rarely actually hitting sell at the market. Um, I'll move my stop up to like 5 cents, below the the, where the premiums currently at so a lot of times when that happens like i've accepted right i'm going to get out of this trade right here because there's a 90 percent chance it hits my stop but you'd be surprised like at least 10 out of 100 trades it just keeps going and it keeps going and then like your stop never gets hit so although long-winded i really just look for risk and then i let the reward work itself out by constantly trailing that stop loss when i can
8: um Yeah. yeah Perfect. Thank
11: you. Yeah, let me just share a little bit too. Um, this is Keanu. So when I'm in a trade, like calls, I'm constantly thinking, would I want to be buying calls right now when I'm already in it? constantly, What I want now, what I want calls now, what I want calls now. And if I start to lean no, then I'm looking to exit the trade. And if it's not moving, like it's flat, I'm I'm definitely looking to enter the trade. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, to exit the trade. So the two decisions are, do I exit this trade based on the level or time? And if you're getting zero DTE or one, sometimes you have to cut it before the move and it starts moving, you get in and maybe you'll get 80% of the move you wanted and not 100, which is fine. Um, if you get the full move, you know, it's kind of like luck, but um you can only do like zero DTEs in one and two and weeklies if you're looking at it. <clears throat> and another thing we've been talking about in the Discord today is don't use the one-minute chart ever. There's never a reason to use the one-minute chart. I just – I don't see the benefit to using it. Unless you plan on being in a trade for less than a minute, I don't see a benefit to using the one-minute chart. So, you know, enter based on the 5.15, look at the five, and get out. The one-minute chart is just going to mess you up.
1: That's all I got.
12: I'll add a little bit to this. So, Cadbin, I'm primarily a swing trader. So, I am, even on scalps like today with Netflix, today it's very rare, often, it's not very often that I'll get a weekly option. Most of the time I'm looking at next week's um, or a month out or three months out. Um, Even if I'm looking at, at it as a scalp, I'm still giving myself time to give myself that extra amount of safety, you know, comfort, whatever you want to make yourself feel comfortable getting into that trade time for me was, was the key zero day expirations kind of bit me a bunch of times. So kind of like learning who you are as a trader. I think a lot of the other traders on this call spoke to you about is, is learning who you are and who you are as the the best trader you can be. And for me, that was swing. So I look at, you know where there's volume, also where you think the price is going to go. You know, and I'm looking at primarily the four-hour chart when I'm looking to enter trades more so than anything.
5: Yeah, uh, I think uh, the the same person who asked a question, asked me in in my DMs to go over my risk to reward. And uh, just to piggyback off kind of what, like, Darth said, um, I, I kind of have the same thing. Like, I mentioned, like, a 2-1 to is what I look for. Greater than 2-1 to is great. You know, 3-1 is awesome, too. But um, I don't really know what it – like, no one really knows what – like, you can't really calculate it when you're looking at the chart. But what I like to do is see, like, how close am I, right, to, like, a – like, in, in Darth's example, he plays off of the EMAs, right? So, like, he'll buy a pullback to, let's say, the 13 EMA uh on his chart and that's like one of his that's his entries and then he knows that like that that ema is going to be like his his risk he's going to risk that ema to maybe make 20 30 40 50 percent when the when the price moves up in into the supply level or down to the demand zone wherever you know if he's playing up or down so that's what i try and always look for like wherever i'm going to take a play like i try and take it as close to where i would like stop out as i can and that's how you kind of nail that entry So like if you're coming up to a big level on a ticker and let's say it's at, at $50 is the big level. Right. And, um, you're anticipating that you'll, you'll reject off that level. Like I'm not going to buy, you know, uh, let's say 50 cents before we hit that level. If I know I have a key level coming up, what I'll do is I'll, I'll wait for the price to trend up there and then I'll buy as close as I can to that key level, um, to give myself a better risk to reward, uh, in favor of myself.
7: Yeah, I heard
9: something um, from a psychology perspective one time that was our goal as traders is to be exposed to the market with a minimal risk. So sometimes I think when people are really quick to take profit, um, they 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 minimize that ability to stay exposed to the market when they're in a winning trade. Right. Like if someone handed you a free winning trade. Um, I don't think you'd be super fearful to exit it really quickly. But just because you entered with, you know, your capital, and you see profit, and you're scared to lose the profit sometimes. um, I personally think sometimes people obsess over the risk to reward thing a little too much. Like, I'm really focused on minimizing the downside and then letting the reward play out, like Strat said. And yeah, obviously, there's times where I'm scaling, right? You have to have intuition and be intelligent about your trading process but or follow your rules whatever the case may be but more often than not in order to really maximize reward i'm always focused on minimizing risk and that just for me personally like shot said looks like 90 percent of the time just moving my stops up um on the majority of my position to be honest
8: yeah and so i trade Solely zero DTE SPX and yeah, it's super aggressive and and risky Uh, and the way that I kind of trade this is a little bit unique is You know one if you're going into a trade and you have any Fear of losing money you're you're gonna lose money but the way that people or at least I've seen with my account where I don't have you know tens of thousands of dollars that I'm trying to play play with is The way I scale in and out is I have my key levels and I will buy at least two contracts. And when I get a a move, I will, you know, 25%, 20 to 25%. I'll get out of one where it's green and then I'll leave the other runner there. And just like Darth was saying, you know, for you to be exposed to that market longer and hitting and being in those trades that do hit and become lottos and, and do that 100, 150, 200% place. that's where you start to you know, build the account, be, but you also already have the gains from your first contract that you got into. So that's where you're kind of covering your ass a little bit when you're getting into two contracts versus like just one, you're having that exposure over, over two and and setting the stop loss in the second contract at, at break even or, or whatever it may be. But um, knowing those, those levels for you is kind of how I I approached on the, um, on the zero DTE side of things. Yeah, Gary, I love it. I love
11: the zero day. Um, if you know what you're doing, especially, and you know, if you're doing two contracts and they go terribly, you know, I always buy the SPX that are about 500 bucks, you know, they're four, 480, 520 around there, you know, so I'm getting two, $1,000 and, um, if they go against me, let's say terribly, I'm down 500 bucks, it's fine. Um, but the next trade, because they're so violent, you know, you're recovering that so much, you're getting the hundreds, you're getting 200 um, scaling out, riding a runner, exactly what you just said, so you can afford to do it, and um, furthermore, if you're like, let's say in puts, and it's rolling down, you, you drop the one, ride the ride the one, and then now you're in a play, and um, you could always just roll, and now you're going, you're riding it, and get out, you know, so, um, but when you change your sizing, then that starts to mess you up, you're so like, oh, this one's really good now i'm getting seven eight contracts when i normally get two that's when you're going to get messed up because um you are sizing differently so my big piece of advice would definitely be to size the same and later in the day even downsize
0: yeah thank you so much i believe um eric uh you were also waiting to have a question if you want to go ahead and
13: Go ahead and speak. You could drop your question. All right, cool. Yeah. So I was, i thought I saw I a speaker, but I was waiting for someone to tell me I could speak. Um, so I asked this on a different space, actually. And someone basically was like, uh, "Nobody does this, or you know, most of the traders that are listening probably don't have the dilemma that I'm in." So basically, I'm wondering, does anyone ever have experience or deal much with selling options? So really briefly, why I ask is because. I've been trading options since like 1999. I feel like that TV kid where like I had a custodial account when I was like 17 or something. And for probably like five years, I just could not get it together. Like I blew up my account constantly. I was always losing money. And then I discovered in like 2005, like selling premium basically. And I've never had a negative year since then. And so I think the, the feedback I got last time I asked was like, well, most people don't have that level of options because like I'm at whatever, level three or whatever it is. And I have like a record. really large account and so the other feedback i got was you know if you're consistent and that's the type of trader you think you know you are i mean like because my returns are usually like six figures a year off this account but there's it's boring ultimately where i'm like yeah i sell these you know 30 45 day out contracts and i sell hundreds of them at a time and i make good money for it but like anytime i try to trade options from a buying perspective like i i lose 100 bucks i'm pissed off on like a seven figure account um, so really, I guess I was asking if there's anyone that's like been at same dilemma and what no. they've done about it or anything like that.
11: If you're bored, then trade zero day SPX. And that'll change real quick.
13: No, no doubt. And I do. And that's, I just lose money. So I've only traded options, like selling options based on Delta. And that's pretty much it. I've no, I got charting. I just cannot get it together. I can't detect patterns. I, I lose like, money every single time.
11: Calls and or naked. Naked. So
13: with yeah, naked, you're unlimited
11: risk. That's why people don't like to do it. So, um, you know, when Tesla had its run, where it like went sixfold from August to December, um, there were firms shutting down because they were selling naked calls, and it was going parabolic. And so they were, you know, <laughs> they're still paying that off. I don't even know how. So the risk, the reason why people don't sell naked is because the risk is exponential and if you sell covered all you do is lose those calls right so selling naked
0: is yeah you you just lose the shares that you own cuz that's why they're covered yeah so level yeah i
13: get that i have i have like 300 grand like 300 grand worth of naked calls right now in tesla that i've rolled out for over a year that i'm just keep rolling them out rolling and they're almost to the point where you know they're fine for me to break it so i understand the risk and all of that but mentally for me i'm okay with that and it's, I know it sounds weird. I'm like, that's fine. It's unlimited. I'll deal with it. I'll roll it out, roll it out, sell, you know, puts against those naked calls. Um, so I understand all of that risk and all that. And I've always been profitable and done really well with that, but trying to move more towards into buying options and trading options. So uh, you're maybe- see-
11: like what, what do you feel like your next step needs to be, or what do you need help with moving forward?
13: I guess what I'm asking is, has anyone been in that situation? Because anytime I ask, most people say, no, I've never been in that situation. I don't understand why you're blocked on this or you should be happy with the gains that you're getting and you're consistent, so shut up. I mean, ultimately.
11: Why why do you think they're telling you that?
13: I I feel it's because it's kind of like the boy that cried wolf type thing where it's like, you know, you're making this amount of money and you have this size of account. Like, why do you need more? Um, And I don't don't think that's a good mentality to tell someone where it's like, I I don't know. I get bored to the point where I'm saying where it's like,
11: so what advice? For me, may- you yourself then. You know what I mean? Like, someone brings this problem to you, what would you tell them?
13: To be dead honest, I'd probably tell them to find something else that occupies your time and don't. If you if you have not been successful in 15 years of buying options or trading options, and you've only been successful selling options, and you just keep putting. You know, it's like the definition of the sanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and some different, and you just cannot. And you wasted 15 years trying to buy options to make money. Maybe that's not something you should use to fulfill your time.
11: There you go. There's your answer, and that's called Rogerian therapy. That's the Rogerian approach in the therapy world. You just ask the client, well, "What do you think you should do?" And then you say, "That's what you should do." So, welcome everybody to yeah. The TED Talk. But yeah, you know, <laughs> kind of give you, hey, Eric. You know, we only see your icon here. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're my neighbor, and I could like, I see you out there mowing the lawn every day. You love your wife. That we don't know anything about your life. Um, you know, are you a fisherman or whatever it might be. But, like, I think um, people could get bored if they don't have a passion, you know, start volunteering, um, teaching yoga, um, whatever it might be, man. Like, if you're at this point in your life where people listening are like, good Lord, this Eric guy. Like, I wish I were in that position where I had free time, whatever. Um, I think it's a wonderful position to be in. I hope you have a strong circle of friends and that for Thanksgiving you have, you know, people you love and all that. And if you do, take them under your wing because there's a lot of people that – don't have it. You can show them how to help others, and this is the time of charity in this time of year. And um, you know, there's discords in here. You could donate. You could buy, you know, drips or stratons or whatever, and um, be like, hey, people that don't know how to trade, like check theirs out. Like it's just something. But finding that passion, like, because you've mastered this one, there's nothing else for you to do. It sounds like, um, to so see what that next step is for you, man. Like I said, we don't know you, but like, it's something. You know, there's some pa- some other passion you have that you haven't mastered yet. Um, I'm thinking about Duolingo, just cause like my, my girls are doing Spanish and stuff, but like learn a language. There's, there's so much you could do, man. And it sounds like you have unlimited resources. So, um, you know, if you really want some sorrow, you can be a Giants fan. Cause I know they're having a good year, but moving <laughs> forward, that's really rare. So you can hop in the Garrity train with him. Appreciate it, Eric, man. I mean, sorry. Yeah, man.
0: Thank you, you so much. No, thanks. Appreciate it. All right, I think, um, uh, Kyle, go ahead and um, you go and sp- unmute yourself if you had a question.
11: I'm in line. Hey, in guys,
4: out. can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can hear you.
4: Hey, There's so a way. quick question for you guys. So I messaged Kiana about something, but uh haven't heard that. So I had an account. I doubled it within a year, but then I have over myself, lost pretty much the whole account, uh, been following you guys spaces for like two weeks, three weeks, so I'll take a trade, but then scale out way too quick, take a 5%, 10% win, which is cool. But then some of the losers or a trade will go red. I'll hold it way too long to take a red trade, say like 10%. How do Is that, a, uh, I guess, a uh, emotion thing that I got to work on? Or do I just have to work on patience? What kind of advice would you give for that? And then what do you guys do for taxes? Do you take like 50% of your profits and just put that into a separate account to hold on to for the rest of the year or a month or whenever you pay? I haven't heard anyone uh, touch on taxes yet.
0: Oh, hey, Keanu, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't speak taxes
5: because uh, I'm not a licensed CPA. Um, so, you know, for, for tax um any tax advice, I would just talk to your CPA on it. I can tell you how I do things, um, but I don't know enough about tax laws and things like that. But I, I definitely, you know, set aside every month um, when you pay yourself, you definitely want to set some money aside um, to, to cover those taxes at the end of the year. It's the last thing you want to do. I know uh, someone actually that ran their account up last year and then blew their account this year, but still owed about 95000 in taxes, but didn't have the money to pay it. And you don't want to be in that situation.
4: Right, so yeah, I don't want to do that, um, but uh, going back to the first point of, is it emotions that um, some of us need to work on, or is it patience? Uh, like today, uh, you guys mentioned a call often at about 9.30 right before um, that report came out from Michigan, had a stop loss at 10%, it went red, it sold, but then it went like 150% after that. Do I need to put in a I guess, bigger stop loss um, or
12: manage my trade differently. Can I ask you a question, Kyle? Yeah, do you Do you journal your trades? Um, Not – I
4: take small notes, but not um, as much as I probably should.
12: I know uh, Mila, who's a speaker in here, is a big proponent of that, but I would definitely say that would be something that you should work on. Because that, that was what helped me, was journaling stuff that made my trades become greener and bigger, greener trades and smaller red trades. So, so they touched on that yesterday morning in a uh,
4: space. What platform do you use to journal that or do you just do a notepad?
12: I have a, a notepad that I bought on Amazon for eight bucks and it's got every type of candlestick pattern on the front cover and on each inside of it. It's got a motivational quote that you can read every day. It's like eight bucks. Just go on Amazon, and it's like eight and a half by five inches. It's a small book, but Okay. You know, it's just re- reinforcing you know the trade that you're working on. Okay, awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, so the gentleman who was talking about taxes, I
4: know you said you weren't a CPA, <laughs> but um, I guess can you explain what you do? I know you you don't advise, uh, and uh, since you're not licensed, you might be a little sketchy. But no, my my dad's a
11: CPA. And uh, Dodgers uh, sisters, and we just give it to them. Like we don't even touch it. So, um, yeah. People.
0: Yeah, like, I, 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 I wouldn't be able to speak to on the taxes. taxes. Yeah.
11: Remember at top top golf in between golf, they were talking to my dad about it, but I just been like, you
13: know,
11: I'm not gonna look at cavities and that and this sort of thing. So, um, that's how I roll with it. Awesome.
4: Thank you guys
0: for everything. All right, Kyle. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thank you so much for uh, for hopping on and I appreciate the question and continue to, you know, obviously tune into the spaces. Appreciate up, it.
11: Chris? I see Chris in here. And Shrooms, my boy! Professor Shrooms, the pride of Cucamonga, he's in here. Shrooms anybody in
1: here? Oh, yes, sir.
11: Yeah, man, he's one of the smartest dudes ever.
0: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, if anybody else has any questions, I think we're...
11: We have a giveaway for ours, though. I don't know.
9: We haven't done that today, right? You said giveaway a one on one? Yeah, I actually just posted it. So it's nice. Uh,
14: yeah. Uh, long
9: story short, just uh, yeah, I've had a lot of people that I mentored one on one in Moneyline. I wasn't really a Twitter trader or anything. I, I kind of like to just do, in the past, I like to do my own thing and just make my money and go about my day. Um, but as I mentored people, they really were pushing me and pushing me to start sharing my story, um, share how I trade and, and try to help people out. And then I found a passion for doing that. So, um, taking a couple, you know, the biggest success, story being a trader that was in a good amount of debt starting the start of this year. And, um, he's on pace to do probably a seven figure a year this year, not after taxes, but, uh, just some crazy stuff, man. Like it really just hits me pretty deep. So. If anyone wants to like, retweet that. Um, that's really what it's about. I'm just trying to trying to help people out. So
0: I appreciate that. Da. That's awesome, man. I, I, obviously, everybody in the spaces make sure you're following Darth. Um, you know, he's definitely looking to give back. We love it. And that's kind of what the spaces is about. You know, we're just here to try and help as many people out as we can.
15: Hey, I wanted to add something for new traders if you didn't mind.
5: Dang, I'm digging that music.
0: Yeah, I was I was bumping over here, man. I think she's like
14: Kodak. Yeah, that, that the, the child voiceover sample. That's pretty
5: stupid. Yeah, that was like uh whatever song that was featuring the baby. Like
11: Aaliyah.
15: Aaliyah. Hey, sorry guys. Um sorry. Um so yeah, so for new traders, I just wanted to say to like anyway, um, um, I've been trading since I've been trading since March. Can you guys hear me? Can you guys yeah, Amelia, I mean, you're anyone? good. Okay, so, yeah, yeah I've been yeah, trading yeah. since March. And like, <laughs> yeah. The other day, I was, like, man, like, I feel like I've learned a lot, but, like, consistency-wise, like, I just felt defeated, you know? Um, my whole goal is just, like, right now just to, like, be consistent and, like, get these gains, like, just, like, small base hits. And, like, last week was the worst week I've had since trading and, like, um, but – Last week, I journaled every day and I worked on psychology, not patterns, not um, nothing, nothing like technical, just mental health, um, just talking, self-talking myself, you know, about what I really want, what I'm trying to get out of this long term. Um, it's really financial freedom. Um, but um, last week, terrible week since I've started trading and this week, the best week I've had, I took 300 to $500 already, so. Um, I'm just pretty proud of myself and um, for new traders I would just say like don't look at other people's gains because they're risking a lot to get like $200. Some of them are getting 20% wins and they're risking $1,000. If you have a family it's hard right now with inflation and stuff to have money to put into the market. Um, So you could trade SPY with $300 Um, and buying two contracts with that. I mean, I know they tell you not to risk more than five to 10% of your account, but if you have that low amount, I'm going to risk 20, 20%, 30% of my account, just because that's the only way I'm going to see gains, but I'm waiting for patient plays. Like that's, it's all about patience. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say. And don't use, don't, um, blow your hard-earned money in this market, paper trade, if you can. But um, it's all about the psychology aspect, I feel, more than anything, though. But um, we can all do this. We can do this. It's it's so mentally straining, but we can do so, Mila, like,
11: journaling and what else, like, since dialing it in and kind of having a structure, have you implemented that has been helpful? And what also on the other side of that coin, maybe things you're doing that you don't do anymore that that help.
15: Um what don't I do anymore? Um so using like a um like 80% of my account for one trade, I used to do that. Um I don't do that anymore. Um chasing, chasing is a big one. Don't do that anymore. Um looking at other body other people's p ls don't do that anymore um it's so much i don't do anymore um i was just recently um chasing and doing all that stuff but when you you have this you have to step back you have to let the market try to give you um a direction and that's probably for new traders i will wait two hours because that's good and if you if you don't see anything like spy's been like um consolidating for days like that don't trade that day but um i know it's easier said than done to say no trade because um we all want to trade every day um but you you need to dig into yourself because this year i've learned so much about myself as a person um and my trading account shows that so um i think you really just need to dig into yourself I mean, Thanks you so can much. do techn- TA all day long, but you need to learn yourself. That's it.
11: Thanks so much, Mila.
15: You're Appreciate welcome. It. Love you guys. Thanks, Mila. Appreciate
0: yeah. it.
11: Anybody else uh, want to step up? Um, about to get my food in and out here. I'm a What's up, baby? Actually, get a triple hey. single.
1: Which is oh, boring. hey, Drip.
11: One slice cheese with grilled
0: onions baby hey hey glenn i see you man we we let you speak earlier but um yeah i think
11: <laughs>
0: Dang, glenn giving us the hand baby i know, you know are those high fives or just requests constant i i just kept talking In and
11: Out. i saw him high-fiving me i thought like, <laughs> it in, sort of thing
0: hey drip For sorry real? you drip they order order this while yeah, you're, you're sure, there okay <laughs> Yeah, just busy busy with that turkey, trying to figure out what he wants to do still, right? Dylan, Brainstorming. Hayes. Brainstorming.
11: Tyler Eden. <laughs> Daniel. Nick. Coke. Mario.
4: Yeah, hey, grab me a burger, California.
11: bro. we with the families here. Chris. Axel. Capo. Chino. Demoon. Blue. Tank top. Chris. Alejandra. Right. <laughs> Anybody
0: else? I don't know, what are you reading off, man? <laughs> The people in here oh awesome hey um i i do see a new request um joshua let's see what joshua has to say hey joshua you had a question
6: hey yeah i did have one question i've been trading for some time now um, when it comes to growing an account what's the best advice like should i make like a discord for that nature or like youtube it i know on trading you can like publish your work under trading view you know, and no show on Twitter, but I was just curious in that in that aspect.
12: Journal your work on a notebook.
5: Yeah, you can journal it and just like use Excel. Like put your trades in Excel. What's your average winner? Um, what's your win rate? Um, and then if you really want to keep yourself accountable, like you could post it every day to Twitter. Oh, you know like yeah. and then oh the- just show everyone because then that'll help you keep yourself accountable because at the end of the day <clears throat> people are expecting you to post an update right and you don't want to post that you went uh 0 for 5 or that you went you know 3 for 4 but the one that that you lost on you lost 80% on you know what i mean like it'll it'll kind of
6: put a chip on your shoulder if you will okay got it yeah that's what i definitely use i do have an excel sheet uh i have it all like marked up and coded to get my PLs uh this question was more pertaining to like growing like uh like a presence on here because i eventually wanted to get into the space where i could like host spaces with you guys Uh, i have friends that do it so i was just curious how like i can grow like a follow presence on twitter
5: i think honestly it's just through organic content man like just through through repetition and um like no one on here really like paid for followers no one pays for clout like it's not like that yeah i I think like if you just continue to you know, stay focused, stay driven, keep your head down, and put the put the work in. The results will follow. And um, I, I think people are going to want to follow someone that is consistent. And uh, you know, that ultimately, you just you need to be able to provide value to people if you really want to grow a following. Um, and if you okay. can do that, I think you know that the following will come. Hey, I so appreciate it. Thank you. you. Yeah. My, my uh, route, which was, um, you know, I
11: joined Bueller's Discord and uh, I was in there for a couple years before I posted anything because I didn't know a thing about options.
2: Um,
11: So what I started doing is posting in the main chat, and I was like, all right, I'm entering AMD, you know, 158 calls or 58 calls for this price. And then people would be like, hey, you know, I saw that flag too. I got in with you. I was afraid to enter, whatever it might be. Um, So the point is, when you're posting your plays in Discord instead of just games, that's a huge step that people are so afraid to take. I cannot get people to do this in my Discord. I can't. They're just afraid to look dumb or, you know, I'm not sure. But it's the best way to grow for sure. And I'm not saying, you know, when Apple's popping, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in Apple, I'm in Apple. Like, that doesn't help anybody at all. It really doesn't. If you don't say it before the fact, you're not helping anybody. So um, then what I started to do is people were like, hey, you need to post your plays more. Because I, I don't know who likes it not. And then, you know, Bueller kind of gave me access to the day trades channel. And then from there, it kind of grew. I was posting them on Twitter. Um, and the more people that take your plays, the more like the following that you get. And it, it's slow, you know, I've been in this for what, three, four years now. So that's how it was for me. I don't know about Strat, but if people are posting, if you're posting your plays on Twitter, this, I'm getting into NVIDIA calls here. Um, my stop loss is, you know, 122. That's gonna get traction, and you're you're tagging Nvidia, right? It's the money sign, dollar sign Nvidia. So you're gonna come up with people are looking for Nvidia. Um, I've asked people on my Discord, how did you find me? And they're like, oh, I just was looking at the hashtag Tesla. That's it. I liked your chart, you know. Or if if a big trader, um, you know, we're not that big of traders. We have like less than 10,000 followers, but these big traders, um, if they post a ticker and then you reply with the chart and TA. A lot of times they'll retweet it, and then you'll get a few followers out of that. Um, so you're kind of growing your Twitter account the, the same way as your bank account. Or not bank account, your trading account. Because if you say something stupid or post something, you know, I can't think of another example, like pornographic. You're going to lose a crap load of followers. If you make a dumb trade, you're going to blow your account.
0: So, so you're saying don't be, a, don't be a stan?
11: Yeah, don't be a stan.
0: Stand the man, okay, so,
11: got it. Strat, Strat, how did you go from like, you know, 100 followers to whatever, 2,000 or something like
5: that? Yeah, I mean, I just, I paid you and you helped me, um, you know, but no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> those bots, we've we missed said, those it bots. It a lot of sense, you know, just, and I'll go back to it, make sure you're providing value to the community. And that's for anything, you know, whether you're trying to build a YouTube channel, whether you're trying to build a, uh, an Instagram following, um, if you provide value, uh, people are going to want to see your posts and want to follow you. Um, so the, yeah, that's kind of how I did it. I think is I just stayed true to myself and and you know tried to put out quality content that people would want to see. But I don't if think you it's guys all you about get good at to get...
11: growth, that is huge. Like there's there's if you can make some flashy dynamic videos with charts, you know, Garrity's really good at that. Um, there's, uh, Jordan Jordan
0: too. On, Jordan's really good yeah, at that too.
11: You can hashtag on on tiktok just like twitter you know tesla spy all that Um, options trader day trader as soon as you put in the hashtag and type in like the word options it comes up with how many posts have that like two point something million so um you know if i were younger i would definitely be trying to do it on tiktok or whatever but um like strat said you have to be providing um content and if you're doing it in twitter like let's say you're in strat's room and you start posting your plays in main chat guys are going to catch on and they're going to be like hey this glenn123 guy He's going, he's going for it. Like Zeke, you know, Zeke starts posting charts in my discord and then I give him his own charting channel. And then people go to Zeke's profile, his Twitter is in his profile and now they're following him on Twitter. It's like this whole kind of, uh, domino effect. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll create threads for, for, you know, obviously people that start posting consistent, you know, uh, uh charts and, and, and the ones we actually follow and, and the more consistent you do it, then, you know, you kind of get that, uh, that follow and it kind of grows itself. So, but, um, yeah, thank you so much for the question. And then I do see, um, let's see, Chris C. Yeah. Yeah, If you want to go ahead and.
14: Yeah. So, um, you know, I had a, I had a banger day today, 113%. So everything's going great. Um, but the, the one question I kind of wanted to ask is, you know, you guys say 20% isn't bad. 20% isn't bad. And I've also heard you guys talk as well about, like, you know, we don't do small account challenges. You know, that's kind of bogus crap. But have you guys ever thought about, um, for like a two-week period, just playing a small account? Um, That way you could kind of, I don't know, help voice across, like, okay, see how this, I'm starting with, like, say, 500 bucks. And then after you get to 1,000, you know that's the end of it. But it just it, it would i I think it would help for me anyways to understand more about like, yeah, you can do that, and it adds up because what I have the I think the battle with is when I run out of available trades for the day, I, maybe it's the stigma of paper trading for me because I look at paper trading and I'm like, man, that's not gonna that's not gonna make the gains that I want, so why would I go to paper trading and do that? and I've got the the flexibility to be able to you know, add more money if I need to. Um, but it's it's not the, that straight thing right there of like, I don't want to keep adding money. Lose um, so are you ready to about... trade because you're out of buying power? Oh, well, yeah. At, at the end of the day, yeah. Well, before before the end of the day, that's what I get worried about. It's like, say, you know, I, I took the account from 170 to, to 600, and then I went to a cash account. Um, and then... Since I went to a cash account, and maybe it's because of my my thought and opinion of trying to trade the zero DTEs on a, a shorter time frame, and it's not I'm not getting
11: out when I'm supposed to, and I'm not getting in when I'm supposed to. Um, I mean, if, but, if you did the 150 to 600, that means you can go 15,000 to 6, 60,000. So whatever yeah. you did there is what you can keep doing. And instead of getting one contract, you know, you get two, four, six, whatever it might be. And you do the same thing. You scale in, scale out. You're probably getting two contracts, 40 bucks each. You know, now they're going. You're out at 20%, percent da, da da Like, you're just doing it with, with zeros at the end. So, like, that's really – like, that's a huge accomplishment that you did that.
7: Um,
9: I mean, I can touch on it for a second. Like, I did do a five hundred dollar account challenge in, in moneyline in the past, and honestly, I'm not a fan of them. Um, but but you know, I I took it to a thousand, and I think like seven trading days or something, and it was just uh, from a strategy standpoint, it was buying buying premium, buying time, managing risk, and then moving my stops up aggressively. I wasn't really looking to like hit big wins on zero DT or anything. I was I was really looking to to scale aggressively. And, and I think that's kind of why small account challenges, quote unquote, aren't necessarily the best thing for the community because um, it's actually difficult. Like I can't trade my personal process as effectively in a small account for the very reasons you said. Um, you're running out of buying power or you can't take multiple contracts so I can't scale in or scale out. So I can at least speak in the sense that I'm, I'm kind of against them because of those reasons. I think people use them for more of a marketing tool to be honest with you. Um, but it definitely is possible to grow a small account. I just think you need to be more focused on risk management and, and aggressively taking profit than you maybe would be even in a bigger account because I'm, I'm able to kind of let some of my trades breathe a little bit more. Um, but you definitely have to be on your P's and Q's in a small account because odds are, you know, when you take losses, it's going to affect you emotionally for a lot of people. And uh, that's just why I'm not really a fan of them. I don't, I don't think it really represents the proper way uh, most traders, at least, don't even end up following through with them. So.
14: Yeah, well, I mean, I, so I, I did have a chance to take a, a, another account from $120 to $4,500, but that was my previous account that I just kind of blew up. Um, So it seems like I have a a good edge for like a short term gain and then almost an immediate loss afterwards, which I think goes to, you know, more looking at the BB course and getting some fundamentals on trading. Because some of the past trades, I think it's just right place, right time. And most of the trades that I I do actually make something on would be something that I swing over to, you know, the following day and catch the move that's that's, uh, impending or coming. Um, Yeah, but yeah, I, I appreciate it. The, you know, I, I wouldn't say a small account challenge like, "Hey, come with us" because we're doing a small account challenge, but it, I wouldn't know how to explain it. Besides, I, I guess kind of what you had said is like your trading strategy and your plan that you work with doesn't work on a small account because of the the risk appetite and the the flexibility that you have is a lot more. Whereas, you know, when 4,000 people join spaces or 10,000 people join spaces during the day that's that's all we're listening to all day is oh yeah I'm out here at 20 percent and you know you guys are making my and I'm I'm actually really proud I'm not like dogging you guys for that that's awesome but for other people that are joining the public space and they're like man why are they so excited you know I just got $15 from from my contract and uh, again, I'm not trying to dog on that because I, you guys have actually done a really good job, at least in um, in the uh, Keanu trades, uh, gains and losses, you know, channels. You guys do a good job of, of pre- propping up the, the wins no matter how big or how small and then encouraging the losses no matter what the the issue is there. But, um, yeah, it's it, it just – I don't know, maybe some of the the live trading is more of the higher account value type stuff where you have the flexibility to do that. Um, And then, you know, maybe the live trading wouldn't be the right thing to do for um, somebody with a small account.
9: Well, I think that you have to understand yourself and your objective, right? For some people, like myself at this given moment in my trading career, I'm in the wealth creation phase of trading, okay? Some people are in the account growing phase of trading so those are two different journeys and i think that a lot of people struggle with that you know if you're in the wealth building phase with a 500 hundred dollar account i i think that to a small extent you're lying to yourself maybe um i I encourage people with small accounts like i really think if you have like a thousand dollars in account and you trade spy and qqq you can focus on the process of executing well because that's going to set you up to make a lot of money when that account grows um, and and focus more on building those skills, focus on taking one to two really, really A-plus setups each day, because like you said, right, maybe it's hard to hear, you know, I made 20% here or I made X, Y, Z dollars here, and you're like, well, I made 15. Um, But that's kind of a short-term view. I think that if you thought long-term, it's okay, I did the right thing on this trade, I executed effectively, because of that my account is going to grow and also because of that when this account is bigger i'm going to have the tools to actually make a lot of money um so it kind of becomes a different purpose for trading in the future you you know when you have a certain i trade with the same account value every month I, i take money out every two weeks and i reset it to the same value i've done that for like eight months now with the account size that i have um so it's a totally different journey it's a wealth creation journey because i already built the foundation the tools to execute on a daily basis. Um, and in a small account, if you just focus on that foundation, you're going to eventually set yourself up to make a lot of money while simultaneously growing your small account. So it kind of just requires a little bit of a shift in perspective, in my opinion.
14: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Okay. That's man. Yeah.
0: And no, I appreciate you Yeah. That's a great question. All right. Um, I'm going to hand it off. I think probably probably take about two more cuz i'm about ready to wrap it up um i think david g go for it
16: appreciate it i've been sitting here listening to you guys and researching you i've seen you a few times um i i mean it seems like the whole world's running towards being doxing themselves and all that and i think you guys got a, a lot of really good alpha and you're you're speaking the truth 100% i mean you're laying it down thick exactly how it is and that's rare in the space. But also, I think like when I was building my brand in cannabis and, you know, promoting myself as an influencer and doing that, I made it a point to make sure people knew exactly who I was and built that trust so it, it could last a little bit longer. And what brought me into the room is I saw a post from uh, Christine here and it was in regards to the, you know, SBF, I don't you know, nobody wants to say that. But again, you know, the fact that this guy is legitimately about to speak next to all these people that are prolific in, I mean, my mind, your everybody's grandparents, parents, Merrill Lynch, this, that account, these people are about to be green lit to make their own investments. And they still think this guy is decent. And it's because he's built an undoxed, but filthy platform. And now he has all these people protecting him. And he's about like, we have the choice. Are we going to let the next bull run go? Because the next bull run is going to be when all the people that have their assets, it in- controlled by groups that just do it for them. And they live their you know daily lives with, you know, a half million less or, a um, you know, half million more in their accounts, but they let their investment quote banker take, take the reins that regulation is going to allow major companies to come in yes it's going to activate a bull market but it's a bull market we don't want right now and it's terrifying because if you're going to have people like mark zuckerberg and sam on the stage together basically slapping high fives to my grandparents their whole you know
11: david i'm lost (laughs) who are you talking about i'm a little bit lost
16: I, I I originally I came in here because I was reading something that says same bankman fr- uh, fraud confirms that he will be speaking at the New York Times deal uh, book summit, which
0: basically. I think Christine, you said Christine posted that, right?
16: Yeah, correct. So the people that he's reaching to so do don't like know about for us what do you... he did. Well, we we need to come together as a community before it's too late and actually petition and find all the people that are involved in crypto and actually find the lawyers, the people that have passed the bar exam, and get these people unified. Bro, what? I'm telling you, this is something extremely scary that's coming. He doesn't have a I, this, I'm, just, I'm lost. Look, this guy just off. here, here, here's to a, a, I have you know, a very simple life. dodge.
15: On my finger.
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm what? sorry. I'm sorry, David. Yeah, I'm gonna have to cut you off. Are we there. like advocating um, for like arresting crypto
11: people? I think he might have hit the, his bong before speaking, just because I didn't know what he's talking about. Um, but anybody else that has something relevant to options?
0: Yeah, I think. I think. I think that was like the second to last. I'm going to do one more speaker, and I think we're getting ready to close this up. Um, I think MMT has been waiting. Um, Glenn, I'll try and get you the next one. Man. Yeah, but you what already, about the government? The government. Don't trust <laughs> The man. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let me go ahead and let uh, MMT, go ahead. And, if you had a question, uh, keep it about options. That's what the main discussion point is. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Hey, man! Thank you so much. Are you before before you go? Are you gonna talk about um was it Sam? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, man. no, no, no. Oh, FTX right. talk. No FTX. All right, yeah. just making sure.
8: Yeah, my question for you is, um, how did you guys find your edge in trading? I find myself kind of jumping around, you know, back and forth, trying to find my edge. Um, like, is
6: it just a lot of back testing, or how exactly did you guys, you know, come to get it? Uh
1: I can speak on it again. Um if no one else wants to take it. Um I'd, like how'd you get started with like your path to being a profitable trader?
8: Yeah, like like I find myself learning quite a lot and it like i'm I'm still you know trying to educate myself right now but like i find myself looking up like certain strategies to use you know and implement you know implement my edge but i'm kind of hopping back and forth you know of what works what doesn't work like i know some people use you know supply and demand some some people use the ma's like how did you guys come to find what you're doing is it just the back testing or or what what went into that
11: dodge why don't you let james talk because he's still newer to trading and let's see where he's at in his journey and maybe it'll speak to uh this this guy with his question, you know, since you're there, James, I saw you pop in. Yeah, James.
0: That's a good, that's a good idea. Hey, James, I just sent you an invite if you want to. Because you basically went through that same journey.
3: Yo, what's up? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, absolutely. Yo, so who was asking forward. that question?
2: Uh, okay, so MMT. MMT,
3: my best advice to you, because me personally, I'm still trying to find that edge. But my best advice would be to find one thing and stick to it. It's going to take work, but, you know, honestly, anything worth having is going to take work. Like, you know, anybody would say that it sounds cliche, but it's very true. Like, you know, I'll talk to Keanu sometimes at like, you know, two in the morning, like I'll be texting him two in the morning. And to my surprise, sometimes he'll respond. And, uh, you know, it's just me like, Hey, you know, what is this? You know, how does this work? And uh, it's just me trying to implement one strategy and uh, find the way it works. And, the best way to do that would to be, like, kind of paper trade. And uh, I know, like, me personally, I hate paper trading. A lot of people do, too. Because, you know, you want to get real money, but paper trade, dude, trust me, it works. That's the best way you're going to find your edge. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Like, you just got to put in the work, find one thing, and stick with it. That's that's really the only way you can, you can find that edge right there, in my opinion. And uh, another thing, too, is, uh, you know, find find a community like this right here, this community that we're in right here, this whole space is, they're all supportive people, they're going to help you, they're going to help you out with that, I would say the discord that I'm in, which is Keanu's discord, they've helped me a lot, just the community overall, and um, you know, that's really the best way, that's really all you can do, in my opinion, I don't know if anybody has anything they can add on to that.
11: Awesome man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, this comes down to like, kind of what um, I know Strat was saying earlier, but like I we have our traders write down their own trading guide. I give them my trading guide that I've developed over years. Um, like it wasn't like I'm going to write a trading guide. It was just my notes, and then I put it into something I could give to somebody and they would um, understand my chicken scratch. And I had about 12 pages or so. And I was like, this is getting long. I don't want it to be 15. That just, that seems like too big of a number. Um, And then I got it down to four pages. And the first page is all about the risks of options. So it's really just like two and a half pages. So if you don't have your own trading guide, then I challenge you to make your own. And if you're thinking, what would I even put in my trading guide? Then that's because you haven't written one. You don't know maybe what your style is or, you know these things that we're talking about, because yeah, we a, don't have Swiss cheese that's skills. A great point. We need to yep. fill those holes with um, whatever skills, and we don't know which skills we need to fill, right? So follow traders on Twitter. If they speak to you, you know, go to the links that they post, YouTubes and such. If they start to be negative or just not speak to you, unfollow them and find new ones. know I
3: kind of like to add on to that a little bit too. So, um, like, back to what you're saying with writing the whole trading guide, it's been a proven fact that, teaching somebody else helps you learn the content a lot faster so once you like establish that one thing that you want to get better at teach somebody else find a friend that's like you know half interested in options that will at least listen to you speak and if you can do that and teach them it'll stick with you a lot better and you'll develop that skill set a lot better as well
0: Absolutely, I totally agree with that, James. Yeah, we do. I I know Keanu. We we um uh, we had a couple. Uh, like Garrett is an example, perfect example. He he dropped out earlier, but he we kind of challenged him put put together his own trading guide. It's kind of like it starts off with you build your own trading plan, like your criteria for why you take trades. You know, what do you look for? Um, that's kind of where the basis of it starts. Once you build your foundation, then from there you you start to find out and write down like the the repeatable setups you look for, and then go from there. You know, it'll evolve eventually to your own trading plan per se. And so we have a couple of people, you know, some former members, they wrote their own, they even, you know, we even promote it still on Twitter, um, free guides. A lot of these are free, their own trading guides, what works for them. And, um, you know, I, I know you mentioned you bounce around, maybe like one style might work one time, another, the other. Um, you just kind of have to figure out what, which one uh, clicks with you the, the best. And it's more consistent, you know, for your trading style, like whether it be scalping, whether it be, you know, swing trading, Just it just kind of figure out the one that works best for you. And then you start building your own plan from there. So, but, um, I think, uh, with that, that was a great, you know, kind of finishing topic to bring it on. Uh, I appreciate everybody for hopping on. Obviously all the speakers for coming through, man. I appreciate it. Stratton earlier, uh, we had Ryan's trading come through, uh, drip always, Darth, Christina hopped in, James, everybody in here, man. We appreciate it. Um, but yeah, definitely follow the spaces. I know there's a, there's a couple of giveaways. Uh, Darth was kind enough to give away a, a session. Um, so be sure to, you know, to follow and retweet and, um, Definitely get you guys hooked up.
3: Thank you, Dodge, for hosting this. Catch you guys later, man.
0: Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for hopping on. Uh, go ahead and um, you know set the reminders for the for the live training, and and we'll we'll drop the schedule for the for the upcoming educational ones. We'll have more speakers for sure. I appreciate it, man. Everybody, thank you so much for all the speakers. We'll get you guys on the next one. Sorry, Glenn. Next one for sure. All right, guys. Have a great Thanksgiving.